Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. As we've now come to the ninth Sunday after Trinity, it's hard to believe we're already in August. Uh, and as we look at the service that is before us this day, God's mercy in Christ ends up being the sole focus. And so to hear more about that, I'll direct your attention to this little section on the inside of the back cover of the bulletin entitled Focused on Christ, a summary of today's readings. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness, as we will hear in the gospel. The steward's shrewdness is praiseworthy for two reasons. First, he knew the master would be merciful. He trusted that the master would honor the debts he forgave in his master's name. In the same way, though we have squandered our Heavenly Father's possessions in selfishness and sin, Jesus is the steward who has canceled our debt knowing that his forgiveness will be honored by the Father because of the Holy Cross. Secondly, the steward was shrewd in using oil and wheat to provide for his earthly welfare. So also do these earthly elements aid us when pressed into heavenly use in the anointing of baptism and the wheat of the Lord's Supper. Those who have the sacraments will have an eternal home when their earthly home fails. These provide us aid in time of temptation, for the Lord is our strength and a shield to all who trust in him. And our good and gracious Lord will indeed come among us today in both word and sacrament. And as we rejoice to receive Christ's body and blood in and under bread and wine, we gather in unity, that is, in the unity of his word, and out of a desire to be obedient to that word of institution. And so our Lord bids us to come confessing the same thing about not only just the sacrament, but all that we believe and teach and confess as Christians. Therefore, all those coming to the Lord's Supper this day, we ask that you be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in that one orthodox confession of the Christian faith. If you are not a member of either this congregation or a sister congregation of our church body, you may still come forward for a blessing. And you may indicate that to me by crossing your arms in this way, showing that you would like to receive a blessing rather than the Lord's Supper this day. I thank you for honoring the Lord's word and our practice in that regard. The service this day is Divine Service Setting 1. As it begins on page 151, we now sing the first hymn. Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the ninth Sunday after Trinity is from 2 Samuel chapter 22. With the merciful you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man you show yourself blameless. With the purified you deal purely. And with the crooked you make yourself seem torturous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer. 
and set me secure on the heights. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, Who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace. Mercy and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In most Bibles, the parable Jesus speaks today is called the parable of the dishonest manager or dishonest steward. However, the real story is the merciful rich man who had employed that dishonest manager. I mean, think about it. Jesus tells a parable about a dishonest sinner who had cooked the books of his boss's business, got caught and then abused his authority on his last day at the office so that he could have a cushy place to land when he was thrown out. And to all of this, Jesus says, the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. So what gives? 
What's the point? Is Jesus teaching us that our sin doesn't matter because God might actually be impressed at how hard we work to cover up and justify our sin? Nope. That's not it. That's not what this parable is about, and you know it. God is not impressed with our sin. God hates sin. So just what is Jesus teaching us here? Why did the master commend the dishonest manager for his shrewdness? Because the dishonest manager knew the character of the rich man above all else. The rich man was merciful. Therefore, the dishonest manager used that fact to his advantage and he pressed it to the utmost. And he was commended for his shrewdness. He was commended for knowing and trusting in the rich man's mercy. Dear saints, that is where this parable hits us, right between the eyes. We are every bit as sinful as the dishonest manager in the parable. Just like the dishonest manager, our lives in this world and the next are entirely dependent on the mercy of our Heavenly Father, the mercy that He has shown us in Christ Jesus, His Son. Now this mercy of God, it came with a steep price one that we didn't have to pay. It was the mercy of our Heavenly Father that sent Jesus, not you, to the cross. As the psalmist writes, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. If there was laid out in front of you a list with every sin you've ever committed, are committing right now, yes, even right now, and would ever commit until your life's end, The size and scale of your iniquity, your sin, it would shock you to the core. Or at least, it should. Your sin should horrify you. We are each of us helplessly and hopelessly sinful and unclean. Our only hope is that God is merciful. That he does not punish us as we deserve. Thanks be to our merciful God, for he does not punish us as we deserve. Instead, he punished his sinless son in our place. This is why I said that the mercy of God came with a steep price that we did not have to pay. You see, when you look at a crucifix, you see two realities playing out before your eyes. The first is the horrific cost of your sin. God the Son was arrested, accused, tried, beaten, flogged by the Romans, reviled, and crucified, nailed to a tree for you. That is what your sin deserves. Shame, disgrace, suffering, agony, pain, and death. Jesus experienced this for you. The second thing you see when you look at a crucifix is the wonder of God's mercy and love towards sinners. Those who were his enemies. Here is God the Son, true God and true man, suffering in himself everything that you and I deserve. Jesus knew and felt the full wrath of God over sin, all of it. Even experiencing the forsakenness of God as he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew hell, separation from God. And all of this so that you will never experience it. God desires your forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation such that he sent his son to fulfill his law in your place and then die your death on the cross. Therefore, when you look at a crucifix, you are seeing God's mercy and love for you and for the whole world on display. 
Let's get back to the parable. Jesus also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. Folks, the dishonest manager knows he's caught. It's all over. It's done. This ruse that he's been at for some time, because it would have taken some time. Everything suggests that this man was really getting towards the end of his career. His only hope is to place all of his trust and all of his hope on something that he knows about his boss, the rich man. The dishonest manager trusts in the rich man's mercy. Realizing this, he puts his plan into action. But now let's put you in the parable. You are a sinner. God's Ten Commandments show this to be true. If you were required to give the account of the management of your life, you would not like what God's commandments would reveal about you. You fear, love, and trust in other gods. You misuse God's name. You neglect and despise God's word, especially when it reveals your sins or tells you something that you don't want to hear. You reject the authorities God has placed in your life, thinking that you somehow know better. You hate and therefore murder your fellow man in your heart. You are guilty of sexually impure and unchaste thoughts, words, and actions. You steal, or at least have had the desire to steal money, possessions, time, or to provide inferior products, inferior services to your neighbors. You slander your neighbors, or you assume the worst about them in your heart. And you're not content with the people and the things that God has given to you in your life, and so you covet. Where are you going to go, dishonest manager? What are you going to do, sinner? Repent and trust Christ. Dear saints, we all must repent and trust in the mercy of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, for that is our only refuge. You see, Jesus is God's steward that has written off your debts against the Father. It was the Father's great mercy that sent His Son to do this very thing. Before God, all you can do is plead guilty of your sins and trust in Christ alone for your forgiveness and salvation. And the good news is that the debt of your sin, it has been written off completely with the blood of Jesus, our Savior, with the blood of Jesus, our Lord. Now, the beauty of this truth is confessed in the small catechism, and we know it well. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, has he purchased and won me from all sins, death, and from the power of the devil, but with his holy, precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death. Why? That I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. These priceless gifts of God's mercy were delivered to you in holy baptism. In baptismal waters, you were washed in the blood of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. In holy baptism, you died and rose with Christ. That is what God reveals to us in his word through St. Paul in Romans 6. You were once a son of this world, but no longer. For in baptism, God made you a son of light by joining you to his son, who is the light of the world. 
In the Old Testament lesson, King David, he praised God's mercy. This is the same King David who is that famous adulterer and murderer. King David promised or praised God, saying, With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. God has lightened our darkness by the light of his Christ, who is Jesus our Savior. God has made us blameless in his sight and has revealed to us his holiness, his holiness in which we can now stand because we are clothed in Christ. He has shown us his mercy, that we would then go and show that same mercy to our neighbors in our vocations. But sadly, of course, not all who hear of God's mercy respond in faith. With the crooked, God seems torturous. That is, for unbelievers who love their sin and hate Christ, God seems like a cruel and judgmental tyrant bent on sending them to hell. They do not understand their need for God's mercy in Christ and all that he has done to make them his own. Instead of looking upon Christ crucified and seeing God's mercy, they see foolishness. To the unbeliever, the cross of Christ makes no sense. It's all just offensive religious rubbish. Sadly, unbelievers reject God's mercy to their eternal destruction. God saves a humble people, that is, a people who cannot save themselves. God saves repentant sinners who trust in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those who are proud and arrogant, thinking that they have no need of God and no need of his mercy in Christ, they will be brought down. If they die in unbelief, they will be brought down to hell. This is not what God desires for any sinner. It's why he sent Jesus. However, it is what will happen to all who reject God's mercy in Christ. So what does all this mean for you today, dear saints of God? Well, you have every reason to join with King David and with all the saints in praise of God's mercy. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you trust in Christ. You've been given the gift of faith. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you turn away from your sins and receive God's forgiveness, which was purchased with Christ's blood shed on the cross. You're no longer God's enemy. You are his child. And as such, you are a light in this dark world. The devil and the crooked ones who believe his lies, they can and they will assault you with more lies, with slander, and with countless temptations. We see it all around us. It's in our face, in our culture. But you need not fear them. As we prayed in the intro, behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in your truth. Save me, O God, by your name and vindicate me by your strength. And he has. The one true God saved you by his triune name when you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is with you and with his church. That is those who uphold your life, your brothers and sisters in Christ, who are fellow recipients of God's mercy in Christ. God has vindicated you by his strength. For Christ Jesus has risen from the dead, breaking death's strong bands. All of the lies of Satan are cut off by the word of our risen Lord, who will repay your enemies on the last day when he returns in judgment. And until that last day comes, your Heavenly Father preserves you. He preserves you in his mercy. Therefore, rejoice, dear saints.
Jesus, God's righteous steward, has written off the debt of your sin, forgiving you through his blood shed on the cross. In mercy, he absolves you of your sins, and he feeds you his risen body and blood in order to forgive you, to strengthen you for the fight, and to comfort and console your souls, to give you a clean conscience. Sons and daughters of light, we receive priceless gifts from our Heavenly Father, things which surpass any worldly wealth that this old world could muster. And so therefore, in your God-given vocations, shine the light of Christ your Savior. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Show mercy as God has shown mercy to you and His Son. Confess the truth of God's Word with boldness and with humility. For your merciful and forgiving God, He is with you, and He is for you in Christ. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faith that God would deliver us from false trust and wealth and success and fix our hearts fully on his goodness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the people of God that we neither misuse his gifts nor be captivated by a worldly wealth, but that we would use them accordingly and for the good of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For integrity and uprightness, that we may be delivered from all cheating, swindling, and robbery, seeking not our own advantage but the good of others. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president, congress, governor, legislature, judges, and all entrusted with authority, that they may serve well, act with integrity, and heed the voice of God's word in the fulfillment of their duties. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick or suffering, including Erlene Duncan, Nathan Burmeister, Vanessa Burmeister, Charlotte Locke, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, Ted Phillips, that they would receive strength to endure their trials until God removes them. Let us pray to the Lord. For all who commune, that they would come to the Lord's table in repentance and faith for the forgiveness of sins in the unity of a true confession, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We give thanks to you, O Lord, for you have forgiven our debt of sin for the sake of Jesus. Preserve us in his grace and life until that day when you gather us with your saints in glory around your throne. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Well, again, good morning and welcome on this beautiful day which the Lord has given to us as we look into uh, both today and the week to come. Uh, a handful of things here, of course, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship. And then uh, we have the joy of having the B-Winner reunion here today. We had the Heil reunion yesterday, now the B-Winner reunion today. And I had that as at, at 12, that's correct, right? Noon? All right, I'm seeing lots of nods. Yes, okay, good. Um, this uh, Thursday at 10, uh, not at 10, Thursday the 10th. It's not going to start at 10. If you're here at 10, you're going to miss it. Uh, 8 p.m., we have our church council meeting, so do note that, members of our council. And then also a reminder that uh, Christian Culture Magazine, which is the official publication of Luther Classical College, uh, we have 10 copies of that available in the glass case. We are supporting congregation of that college, and therefore we do receive those magazines. So please take a copy, read it yourself, pass it on to someone else. Uh, lots of engaging articles uh, that take you into the riches of Scripture. 
uh, and also dealing with, um, well, contemporary issues and how we respond to them faithfully as confessional Lutherans. Uh, dishes are available in the auditorium. The Trinity Women's Guild has made available plate, saucers, coffee cups, which are no longer needed here at Trinity. So if you'd like some of those, they may be found there in the auditorium. They're in great shape, uh, so please take those uh, and use them well. And then also, this will probably be the last week I included here, we do have a worship conference coming up uh, at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Topeka, Kansas. That's on Saturday, the 19th of August. That'll go from 8.30 to 4 p.m. There's a $25 cost. That does include your lunch. And the speaker is the Reverend, uh, um, I always have to stop myself, Roberto Rojas. I, call, I know him as Robbie because he was a, a friend of mine in seminary. But uh, he'll be presenting on the theme, Faithful to the End. I promise this to be very good. He is a phenomenal teacher and speaker, so I encourage you to check that out. There's information to be found on the website, which is included there in your bulletin. Also on the poster in the hallway, you'll notice that there'll be a communion chalice on the poster that's going to have information about the conference itself. Anything I may have missed? Well, again, God's peace be with you as you go uh, out into your many vocations this week, continuing to live in the mercy of Christ. I'll greet you at the door. Mm -hmm.